Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm David Rice here with my partner in crime. Hey, everybody. Pam Maragliano Muniz. Welcome to Dentistry Unmasked. So I'm super excited because I feel like I made a friend and now I'm like bringing this friend to come and be introduced to you guys. So back in the fall, I went to an event that was hosted by 3M and was kind of talking about their initiatives, their products, their whatevers. And sitting in front of me was this guy who seemed nice enough, like whenever everyone knows I'm not like I'm nice, but I'm not like always like ready to like be friendly all the time. But then we bonded over a mutual friend. And oh, yeah. it was like one of those friends that you're like, oh, my gosh, I love him, too. You love him, too. Oh, my gosh. So now we're friends. And that mutual yep. friend was our one of our absolute faves, Dr. Brian. Right, Absolutely. So. Then we were like, okay, this is cool. You can't be all that bad if you're friends with Brian. So maybe we'll go eat lunch together. So we did. And then we got chatting and I was like, oh my gosh, Weston is super cool because he's done Thank so you. many things. So welcome, Dr. Weston Spencer. Welcome to, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Pam. Honestly, I was, I was, I've been looking forward to it ever since we met. I was like, we just got to connect in some way, had such a good conversation and I, I was so impressed with you and and all the things that you're involved with. Same thing, like you're a dentist, but you're doing so many other things beyond that. And then I see you're doing a podcast. So I started listening to your podcast and all that stuff. I always get excited to meet people who are just like doing up, like taking it to another level. You know what I mean? Like you, it's it's fun to interact with those kind of people. So I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And wait till you think I do a lot. Wait till you get to know David. It's like next level <laughs> stuff. So I do a lot of like crazy things that nobody cares about, though. That's different. <laughs> that is not even true. And everybody knows it. So here's the thing. I feel like when it comes to business and dentistry and clinical and dentistry, I mean, am I wrong in saying like people like people, some people just like really focus on the clinical part and they don't really necessarily focus as hard on the business part, even though we both like we dabble in all of it. And then mm -hmm. there's some that are like really into business and like barely practice. But you do both. I mean, you're an, a, an accomplished cosmetic dentist in La Jolla, California, Lucky Duck. And you've got a busy practice, awesome Instagram, and you also own a privately owned DSO. That's amazing. Yeah, no, and uh, I'll always be really clear. We like to differentiate ourselves as a DPG, a dental partnership group. Because now you're seeing in this world of, of consolidation and groups, right? You're seeing a lot of different type of models. 10 years ago, there was really only one model and it was the classic DSO, acquire you, you work for them, you sign a W-2, we're off and running, I'm an employee of this group now, right? And that has changed in the last 10 years for sure. And so we definitely love to differentiate ourselves. We, we use a lot of the same resources and a lot of the same scale, a lot of ideas, but our model is drastically different than what you would consider a classic corporate run DSO for sure. And that's because at the top is three dentists. We're dentist founded, dentist led uh, with great um, financial and, and business partners to help support us. So um, that's what I think kind of separates us. But you're right. Like um, when it comes to being the minute you get graduate as a dentist, you are now, now you put on as a dental student, you're wearing a couple of hats. Now you put on like 10 hats, right? Uh, especially once you become the owner of the business, you are a small business owner. You are the HR person. You are the chief marketing officer. You are the biller. You are the collector. You're the accountant. You're the, all the stuff that you put on the, all those hats. Right. And so some of that I love 
and some of it I hate. And so what I've found in my life and in business is I'm good at recognizing, okay, here are the things that help run a dental office that don't need to be run by my specific team members in my place, right? Like if, if my front office team, when they're picking up the phone, I want them just talking and focusing on patients. I don't want them talking to insurance companies because that to me can be handled by somebody outsourced that can just do that for us, right? We can pay a nominal fee to have that. And the other things that can be handled by other people so that when we are uh, in the office, we focus on people, right? And we develop good relationships and those friends, those people talk to their friends. And I feel that's how you grow a good practice. And the other aspects that I do love about running a business or the business of dentistry is I do like getting into the weeds about, you know, who's in charge of what role and delegating those roles and creating leaders in those roles and letting those people kind of grow within that space. Uh, and then also understanding the numbers of your business, the hygiene numbers, the, the collection numbers, things that matter. And then as you kind of gain that knowledge now in the place where you're at now and in the group is like, how do we share that with each other? But we also happen to be kind of tied together from a business standpoint. And, and that's what kind of took me down this road, I guess. Like I, I feel overwhelmed all the time. Like I'm sure David does and I'm sure you do, Bam. But as long as I'm doing the stuff that I love doing, then it just doesn't feel super overwhelming, right? Like you, you, you find time to do it because you love doing it. And, uh, and I definitely try to delegate the stuff that I'm not good at or don't want to do. I love that. So a question I know a lot of our younger dentists I'm sure are thinking right now is when you walked out of dental school, maybe your first, second year out, did you envision this future for yourself or was this an evolution over time? evolution for me, for sure. I pictured first iteration of what I visioned a dentist, what the kind of dentist I was going to be was looking at my grandpa who had a three-off practice in Salt Lake City with no hygienists. That's what I thought dentistry was, right? And then I got fourth year of dental school, cosmetic dentist came in, Dr. Jack Ringer, really, really famous, good uh, AACD doc in Orange County. He opened my eyes like, oh my gosh, like, look at that. Holy cow. He does good dentistry that looks amazing. And you can tell it makes changes people's lives. So that lit the fire of the type of dentistry I wanted to get good at. So that lit the fire to go out first years, like learning occlusion. Spear was kind of my pathway to learning how to do good dentistry, comprehensive dentistry and set it up properly. So it was going to last a long time. And then all the other courses I took in cosmetics. So then it changed from three op, um, no hygiene to, okay, I want to be able to be in a practice where, um, I'm going to have a few ops, but I just want to be able to do really high quality dentistry, be known for that. Uh, and people come for that. Then vision changed when, uh, I started growing a team. We started to outgrow our four chair space. I did have two hygienists. We started to outgrow that space. And then it was like, let's build a space that really kind of houses the kind of dentistry that we do. And I built a seven chair space and I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to be now. And around that time, just a little bit before that is when this little thing creeped in, um, like consolidation started happening in San Diego, started growing the idea of I'm seeing my colleagues start to do it. And I started masterminding with a couple of classmates, Dr. Nick Maranju and Dr. Landon Libby. They would also be huge fans of Brian Noby. Um, and some of his pupils. And uh, we started hanging out in a group, sitting down talking about like, well, what's working for you? What's working for you? We're seeing all these people. Like if we did it as a group, like what would it look like for us? Like what would a good group look like? Because the one 
aspect that I loved the most about what I was still doing was private practice. Like the ability for me to make the decisions, uh, me to hire and fire who I wanted. And by that, using that, I hope I use that in the, in the way, like deciding the team I want to have work with me, right? Me setting the, the culture um, and being able to just have the freedom to keep doing. I think that's why most dentists get into this, right? And we were afraid of what it would mean if I sold out, especially the majority of my practice to somebody else, even though they tell me that I'm going to have autonomy, the way thing I know about business is when you sell the majority of your company at some point, which comes to shove and decisions have to be made about what the future of your practice holds. Right. So that's what we kind of looked at and we thought, God, there's got to be a different way. And thus slowly started creeping up the ideas of kind of where we are today. Our dental partnership group is called um, Saving Private Practice, SPP Dental Partners. And that was the goal. Like that was the one thing that makes us unique is like, hey, we believe you can truly still maintain the private practice look and feel. Uh, we're not going to change any of that. And you're still going to be the majority owner of your business, but you can take a minority stake in our company and vice versa, right? We can equity swap with each other and you can have ownership in SPP and we'll have a little ownership in your practice. And together we can go on this ride uh, and let it grow in similar ways that, you know, other DSOs do, but you still get to maintain the majority ownership of your practice. So that was the model for us. And that was that. So then when you talk about visions, that's when it kind of switched to this next iteration for me that I'm in now, which is, okay, I could see myself. I love being a part of the group now. I mean, I'm saying the word all the time today. I had a, I had a patient who I was off and I was unavailable and that patient needed something done immediately. And I do have a partner who's three miles away and was open. And I'm like, I'm going to send you to my partner. And he got her in and he took care of her. And there's just that relationship that I would do that with my colleague anyway, but it's definitely fun when it's like, Hey, we're in, we're in this together and we're helping each other grow. That's really fun. So walk me through what that looks like. So did you guys have individual practices that were worth about the same? So you're like, all right, if we're all about worth the same amount of money, you know, the practice has the same amount of value, we can just sort of like, you know, like shake a hand, you know, like, and you create, now you have a business together or was it like, okay, this one's practice is worth more than mine. So I kind of owe him. So we like, so it's all like an even playing field. Like, how do you start this besides having... A really good friend that you trust yeah no that's a great question you're you're asking the tough one so yeah it starts out with valuing everybody and having if i was going to get really nitty-gritty about it like when you're starting the business there's we needed to value our own practices and have this essential value down the road that if we were to have any type of you know take on any partner financial future financial partners like who gets paid what and in a certain value of that. But right now where we are, we're kind of equal in a percentage of ownership of this overall company, but definitely down the road, there's, de there's different values of, of payouts, if that makes sense. But we wanted to put ourselves in an equal playing field with each other. Um, and we were all close enough to that where it felt fair. Um, and we were able to kind of work that out. So instead of the spit handshake, it was definitely like a lot of legal lawyer creating it. There, there was all of that that had to come together. We had to hire the right lawyers that we had to build it. And a couple years into that, we we partnered with some uh, people who had a better vision and understanding of how to scale because they had already done it in the home healthcare and hospice space. So they be, kind of became business partners with us that don't take a salary, that only want to see us grow at the end. So their only benefit is that we actually do something great for all of our doctors in the end. Um, and so everybody's incentives were aligned that like, hey, we just want to grow. 
we want to support dentists. We're going to put dentists at the forefront of this model uh, and prove that over the, the next couple of years. And so initially we bring on a couple of partners and a couple of partners. So we're about three years, I'd say two and a half years into this, what I just described to this model. And, uh, and like I said, about 15 partner offices as of right now, January 2024. So that's incredible. Congrats. That's that. I mean, you think about a solo practitioner that's like, all right, I want to grow. So maybe someday I'll, you know, play in the consolidation game and, you know, maybe roll my practice into an organization, whether it's like yours or, you know, kind of a more traditional DSO. There's a lot more risk, I would think, in just one person trying to own a second practice and a third practice and the the division of time. I mean, all of those things, I think, sound really hard. And what you've done sounds, at least you have like people with you in this journey. Yeah. So I feel like it's, you know, I think sounds like the risk is a little bit less, but also the reward is greater. But you also have people that are in it with you. And I think that's, yeah. there's got to be like. some comfort there. Yeah. Yeah. People that I like working with and all honesty, that was a big, big part of it for us is, um, I was, I was very comfortable with the people that we were starting to work with. And, um, you know, if, if people ask me like, and I'm not going to get into exactly like what percent of a company I own, but that's less than what it could have been if I would have done it on my own for sure. Right. But I had to look at, at the time that I started working on this, I had, uh, no, I did have my fifth kid at that point. Okay. So I have my practice that is growing at a great rate. And I'm loving that. I also have five kids, right? I had to make the decision. Do I want to do this by myself? Right? Like I, I did at one point in my career, I did have two locations, but I learned a quick lesson about like, when you start digging a really wide circle. You know what I mean? You just get wider. You never dive deeper into that one thing. You know what I mean? You just spread yourself out thinner and thinner and thinner. And I was on that direction. I was like, if I did that by myself, if I keep adding locations, take on more, just like you said, like, unless I'm a really, really good delegator and hired the right people along the way. And I didn't see myself doing it that at that time. I kind of went a different route and said, here's good partners that I really like working with. I get along with well. We have the same vision and goal. And here's some other people that are going to be working with us along the way to do that. Yeah, I'm going to take a little less off the table down the road as as we grow. But if we do what we say we're going to do, like that number still is going to be awesome for everybody involved because the bigger we can go with the more help that's spread out that way. Does that make sense? That's what that's the decision I had to make personally. And I and I see a lot of incredible dentist entrepreneurs out there who go and like I'm going to go acquire two, three, four, five practices dial those all in by themselves and that is a phenomenal business model right and i think i could do that if i didn't have five kids <laughs> like i kind of accepted that like i don't know if i can do that and i'm sure there's a five kid guy out there who's like doing it or girl whoever is like but i just had to ask myself like hey what am i good at i'm good at working with people i was excited to work with good people and that's why i chose this particular way of going for sure are you building this um would you say like local, regional, beyond like 15 locations close together, spread apart? Yeah, right now, regional for sure is kind of where our focus is. I mean, so much now could be done over Zoom as you're seeing here, right? But that, that it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, we have to be there in person because our model doesn't require someone to walk into your office on day one and say, all right, we're here. Let's change this, this, and this. Like that's not what it looks like. 
it, it looks like communication like this and how can we build each other up um, outside of that. So majority of our offices are in California. Uh, we just acquired, we just partnered with a doctor in Nevada um, and we do have two offices in Washington right now. Uh, but definitely like kind of West regional for sure is kind of where our presence is and it's probably most felt. We connect with doctors all over for sure. But I think that's for some of them right off the bat, it's a little like, well, you guys are kind of West coast and I'm really far and I feel disconnected and, and that's okay. And, um, but we're not, we decided that we wouldn't work with somebody on the East coast by any means. So what does your week look like? Like how much of your time is devoted to clinical care versus how much of your time is administrative and managing this behemoth? Yeah. So, um, I'm, my practice is open four days a week. I have two associates, two associates on Monday and a Thursday along with me. I try to divide, I've designed my Mondays and Thursdays when those associates are there to really focus on my cosmetic and reconstructive and like bigger cases. So my office knows to schedule that way. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are kind of regular general dental days as well. Cause I have a, a high thriving hygiene schedule that has to be maintained and all that stuff. But so Monday through Thursday, I'm focusing on clinic, but as you know, most dentists who have their hands in a lot of things tend to go see the patient and then you're probably in between the patients. You're like, working on this and I'm typing up this and I'm doing this. And I got a meeting here for lunch. Like I don't have lunches. Lunches don't exist really for me anymore. Those are usually filled with meetings. Um, and I try to like fit, um, meetings throughout the week there. I get a lot of stuff that I can just focus on myself in the evenings. And then Fridays like this, what we're doing here is a lot of time where I can't devote uh, specifically to SPP. So I'm kind of definitely where I was almost winding down clinically. Like I've kind of ramped back up like, um, professionally and filling my week with that. And a lot of it is my role in the company. I, I, I recently uh, took on the role as CEO of SPP. So the board wanted to have like a true specific leader going forward. Um, I seem to be the right fit for that. And so my focus is on the growth, right? In terms of numbers of partnerships, uh, seeing our partners grow their top line year over year, kind of aligning the company around our vision looking at where the market's going and kind of aligning us with, you know, strategic people in the future for that. So that's kind of my role and where I focus. So I try to stay in that specific space and not get too into the weeds because we have great team members that do, that work for us, that do all the partnership conversations, all the integration, the payroll, the, the billing and all that stuff all get handled by other pe excellent people. So I don't have to get it too much into it. So I, right. So you said something before, I want to like go back a second. And it's interesting because I know even I was a hygienist before I became a dentist. David, you've been a dentist for a while too. And a lot of people say if you do good dentistry, the rest kind of falls in place. And you started really taking a restorative track. Like, so you started mm -hmm. with Spear. It's not like you were like, all right, I'm going to start, like, I'm going to go get an MBA or something first and figure this out. You really did, like, started, you started with dentistry. Yeah. Would you suggest, say, if somebody is trying to aspire to something similar, that you do that still to this day, like start with dentistry and go from there? That's a good one. Um, yes, because as long as the drive, because I still have the drive, I still have the love to produce beautiful dentistry and, and not just saying just cosmetic. I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do a class too. Like I want it to look good. I want it to last. And if it shows up, in two years, not looking good. I'm the same doctors and be like, that just doesn't, let me fix that for you. You know, let me get, make that better. Like that's all still there for me. And, and for some docs that may not be there, maybe their love for business is going to take me down a different track initially. So 
in the beginning, always, I, that's always my advice is you got to go pick a path, right? Like a spear, a coist, a tanky, a something, whatever. And there's so many of those now than there were 15 years ago that are online that you can get going on. They can jumpstart that process. Don't you think you and I, we all had to go to, go to a course to learn this, you know what I mean? And you just don't have to do that anymore. So you can learn a lot, um, just by being part of study clubs and online and stuff. So yes, I do think that at the core of everything, if you're going to have, and, and at the core of our, our, our group is good dental practices and those the good dental practices are built on good dentistry. And the other key ingredient that I also tell people that I ignore for the first couple of years out, but I wish I'd also spent time learning education is the building the culture of your business and your practice, right? Like getting the right people, how to find the right people, how to motivate them, how to build the core values of your team, like all that stuff. I, it took me a long time to like get more and more involved in that. And I wish I'd done that a lot earlier. And I think that would also help jumpstart my overall practice quicker. I would say, especially with scale, right? <clears throat> you know, so I meet lots of young dentists week in, week out. I'm talking to them all. As you, as you look at somebody who, who has the vision of, Hey, I'm going, I would like to own five, 10, 15 plus locations. Cause I hear that all the time. How would you advise them to build the model? Do you start with one master all the skill sets? Do you, wh where do you go? I think that depends mm -hmm. on your comfort level with chaos. Mm. Depends on how much chaos you're willing to tolerate. Because some people are builders and believe that the operations will come after, right? Like, okay, let's just build so that we have some revenue. You got to be comfortable with chaos and like the operations are going to be out of control. Your team's not going to know who's leading who. Like you're going to deal with fires in one place and fires in another place. And if you're comfortable handling that much level of chaos, then go because, okay, now you, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully the culture and the operations are built quick enough to support everything and it doesn't all burn to the ground, right? So that's what I always ask people. I have people the same, ask the same questions like, okay, I'm thinking about starting this. Okay, so what? how comfortable are you with managing the fires? Um, because they happen almost no matter what, but it depends on what you're going to put your effort in. If you're going to go grow really fast, it's fun to see that growth. But what's going to immediately follow is all the processes are going to be at a just crazy and you're going to have a lot of complaining and, and maybe attrition from people right if you're afraid of that then maybe don't grow that fast if what you want is to build uh, a solid company built on you know certain core values certain processes that are proven and successful then i would say it's not going to take you that long to get going on that but start with one and and at least get the pieces in place testing out some of those processes to make sure people are responding well and then and then go so i can't say which is best to do right mm -hmm. i did from personal experience i started growing one and and i say i grew the revenue because i started doing more of the kind of dentistry that i love to do and the last dentist didn't do a lot of that so it was kind of nice that i was able to grow the revenue that way and then I thought it was a good idea to add the second location just because it sounded sexy to, to own two locations. Um, and the, where, where I put it, if you know La Jolla, La Jolla is one of the coolest locations in the country, right? It's an amazing zip code to work in. I wish I could live there. I, I literally can't even afford to live there. I can only do business there. But the next 
best location is Rancho Santa Fe, which also is no slouch. When I mean, the Rancho Santa Fe people look down on the La Jolla people and think that they're slumming it. And so I was like, well, I'll go put a little location right in the center of Rancho Santa Fe. And we'll just, we'll just own these two zip codes. And it was awesome. And it was great. And guess who like paid the price of, you know, being worn out and trying to manage two locations. Right. And so, um, that's what, and you know, what finally helped me realize is COVID COVID shut that whole idea down for me because the space I was renting there just was not COVID friendly. And so I asked everybody to come to my brand new space in La Jolla and a lot did come and I just never returned, unfortunately, to the other space once it was over. Um, but, but, uh, I hope I answered your question in that it depends on what you're most comfortable with. And, and, uh, if you're more concerned with growth, then, and that's the only thing that's gonna make you happy is if like, I can say I have two, three, four locations as quick as possible. Great. And just be prepared for what happens after that. But if you're more comfortable, if like, I'm more, I like to get into weeds. I'm more of an integrator type. I'm like, I'm the type of guy that goes down and sits down in the processes. And I want to know what those processes are. Um, then build those first and then grow off of that. So you mentioned culture before. So do you have tips for somebody? So, I mean, whether you're in one practice now or you're an associate looking to acquire or start up or whatever else, I feel like culture is kind of a, like universally something that we all could kind of improve. Do you have any tips for improving culture or some things that you were like, oh gosh, don't do that. And, or this is like amazing, go that route. Yeah. Um, the thing that helped me the most, um, kind of lay out a groundwork for how, like what were the general principles of building good culture? Um, one was joining a group called crown council. Have you guys heard of crown council before? I mean, that's what they're, they're, they're like, Hey, this, we help businesses or we help dentists build good cultures with their practice. And a lot of their principles that I'll just basically piggyback. Cause once I started implementing those, it started to make a lot of sense, right? Like, um, taking time away from production, which is so hard to do when you're a brand new dentist and you, and you, and you're just worried about, you know, revel, like I got to pay my loan that I just took out. Right. Establishing like we meet like maybe a morning huddle, just starting with a morning huddle, right? I got to have a morning huddle where we connect and we talk about the people that are coming that we're going to treat today, right? So that's once a week for 10 minutes. But then um, we put it once a month. We put in like a team training where it's like, hey, we're not seeing patients. It's that first hour, first Wednesday of the month. Guess what? I don't have any hygienists or anybody doing any production from 7.30 to 8.30 on that day. And at first it's like, I don't have time for that. I got to do dentistry, but no. You got to build your team, right? So you have to make time for those things and then build it out, you know, quarterly for individual team, the front office team, my, my assistant team and my hygiene team, we meet quarterly. And then twice a year, we do kind of like a beginning of the year goals. What is our theme? What does it look like for the year? And then, uh, halfway through the year, we're kind of like, okay, how are we doing? How are we going to finish strong? Right? So that would be my first piece of advice is create the space and have it regular. Like you gotta have a regular cadence of when you're gonna check in with your team as a, and, and 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 it's a good mix. You gotta have a good mix of, of this is what we're training on and this is what we need to do better and a good mix of fun. You gotta have fun together, right? You gotta have, you know, we, we just started uh, this big old perpetual trophy. It's got four, it looks like the Stanley Cup, you know, and we just make up stupid contests and whoever wins gets their name on the plaque and there's like plenty of room for like, 
80 names over time. You know, you got to have fun with stuff too, right? Um, so you build that. And then once a year, we get involved with, uh, you know, donating our time um, to bleach for charity. So we raise money for charity by bleaching. And, and that kind of creates a good, like, hey, we're doing good for other people um, as a team. When you find yourself doing good and giving back in that way, like, that's good. So those are some of those principles that um, somebody had to kind of teach me um, that, like, that will pay more dividends in my opinion over the long haul of creating a solid business model for your office doing great dentistry will create a reputation and you'll and you'll raise revenue because you do great dentistry but the one thing that i think makes the biggest difference when patients walk into your office and they make comments like oh you guys really like each other don't you yeah we do you know we we really try to get along i think that makes a big difference just as much as being a great dentist too Man, I love that. Shout out Anderson Brothers. So big yeah, fan of the Crown Council. Um, one of my greatest mentors is Steve. No way. Yeah. Yeah. He was. So when I was going to start Ignite, I literally called Steve up and said, hey, if I hop on a plane to Fort Worth, Texas, we hang out for a day and tell me if I'm crazy or not. So that's a great way to start, man. Like Steve's as good as they get, you know, and uh, yeah, if all of us had a little 1% of the energy that Steve Anderson does, boy, we would all be that much more successful, I'm sure. I know, Pam, one of these years, we've got to bow out a Yankees, much as I love it, and hit their annual event because it's always the same weekend. It is. That wouldn't be a huge arm twister. So I think no. we should definitely consider that. So another thing about you, Weston, that I really appreciate is your Instagram page because mm -hmm. it's very evident that you like what you do and your Instagram page is very clearly geared towards Patience and prospective yeah. patients and education. Mm -hmm. Do you share your Instagram so everyone can check it out? Yeah, it's at Dr. Weston Spencer, Dr. Weston Spencer. Amazing. And so we are almost out of time, but I have to bring up, and I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. So I was sitting behind Weston in our class, and he had these cool sneakers on, these <laughs> Nikes. <laughs> And the back of them were customized with S P P L F. I you have them on L F G. Yes. Tell us yeah. about the sneakers. <laughs> um, uh, a good friend of mine, Dr. Brian Harris, uh, who owns Smile Virtual, another great tool I use in cosmetic dentistry. Uh, he gave that to a group of us that are kind of in his mastermind group. That said, uh, 10x was on the back of these, and so I was like, "How did you make cool Nikes?" You know, and so we gave to our partners this last year a set of Nikes that said SPP LFG. Let's freaking go! Which uh, the the nice way of saying it. Um, but yeah, so that that's how I think that's how you started. That's how you interested. Like, what do your shoes mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me tell you. I was so excited you noticed. <laughs> yeah, I just think that's so cool. And talk about not only culture for your team, but also a cool culture initiative for your partners. So I just, I just absolutely thank you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. I loved it. And I wish we had more time, but I know you guys are busy people and, and, uh, but thanks for taking your guys' time with me. Yeah. Weston, we'd love to get you back on here again and hear more about the journey and maybe even meet some of the docs that you work with. I think that would be a ton of fun to kind of get your partner perspective. Absolutely. I'd love to. You guys let me know and we'll we'll always make it happen. You guys are great. You guys have a great I'll give you guys a compliment. Your your guys' teammate, like I can tell your guys' relationship is phenomenal. It comes off so well. And you guys podcast, the information you guys share is so 
helpful and it's just an overall positive vibe. So it's just a good listen. So I appreciate what you guys put out there. Thank uh, you. Thanks for being here. I appreciate here. that. Yeah, thank you. So we'll you've heard it here. He's coming back. So stay tuned with us and um, we will see you all next week. Have a good one. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening to the show this week. And thanks to our guests and sponsors on this episode. Please check out our social media at Dr. Pamela underscore Miragliano and at Dental Economics Official. Or you can check me out at Ignite DDS or at Dr. David Rice. And go to dentaleconomics.com to receive dental economics. You can choose to receive DE in print or digitally, and you can also get the details of our Principles of Practice Management Conference on our website. If you have topics or guests or anything you'd like to talk about on the show, send us an email to dentistryunmaskedpodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our very best to make it happen. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.